0: You are now listening to the Bayshore Community Church Podcast. Our
1: mission is to connect to God, connect to people, and to serve the community. Thank you for joining us today, and wherever you are listening, we hope that this message inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Our prayer is that this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and
0: Jesus. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, Bayshore. I hope you guys are doing amazing. Thank you for joining us this weekend, and we're absolutely Thrilled and overwhelmed that you're with us this weekend. So we're excited about you being here I want to say hello to some people I want to say hello to Jeff and Tina Nichols that are listening in the peninsula uh, In Long Neck. Thank you for listening. I know you guys listen every week We miss seeing you in person, but so glad that you're uh, listening all the time and also Deborah uh, Barton and her family. Thank you Deborah Barton always hear from you and so grateful that you're part of uh, this weekend service as well. And I want to say a big hello to Brad and June Lynn King from our Fenwick Island campus. So hey, listen, wherever you're listening from, please let me know. I'd love to get a little message from you today where you're listening from. Hey, you could even send a picture of yourself. That would be amazing so we could show everybody what you look like. Uh, So hey, so glad you're with us this weekend. We're in part two of a series called Tough Times Don't Last, But Tough People Do. So we started this last week, this journey of sort of trying to understand what tough times are like and looking into the Bible and seeing places where people went through hard times and how God took care of them. Now, one of the amazing things we learned last week is that tough times are not new. Tough times are not new. And I heard so much back from you guys about that point because just to see in perspective, sometimes when we're in, our own dilemma, we're in our own tough time, we're in our own kind of global pandemic as we're going through. We kind of think, boy, this is like unique, and we're like the first people ever to go through something this hard. But we discovered that there are lots of people throughout history that have gone through hard times that lasted much longer than what we've been dealing with. In fact, this week, uh, Frank uh, Wilcox a wonderful part of the Millsboro campus sent me a video about if you had been born in 1900. And I want you to take a moment, watch this, and then we'll dive into the other points of the series. But let's take a moment and watch this video together.
1: The first 13 years of your life are relatively uneventful and very peaceful. And on the day that you turn 14 years old, the world decides to go to war for the next four years of your life. By the time you turn 18, over 22 million people will have died in World War I. In that same year, a disease called the Spanish Flu descends on the earth and runs until you turn 20. All over the world, over 50 million people will die in those two years from the Spanish Flu. On your 29th birthday, the stock market crashes and announces the beginning of the Great Depression. Unemployment hits 30% and scarcity and fear takes hold of our mindsets. America nearly collapses along with the world economy. On your 39th birthday, World War II starts. On December 7th, 1941, just after you turned 41 years old, the United States is fully pulled into World War II. From the time of your 39th birthday until you turn 45 years old, 75 million people will die in World War II. When you turn 50, the Korean War starts and it will last until you turn 53 and 5 million more people will die in the Korean War. From your birth until you were 55 you have dealt with the fear of polio over half a million people die every year due to polio a cure was only found in 1955 smallpox was an ongoing epidemic until you were in your 50s and it killed 300 million people during your lifetime. When you turn 55 the Vietnam War begins and doesn't end for the next 20 years When you reached your 60th birthday, it was the time of the Cold War. You lived each day with the fear of nuclear destruction and the fear that life would end as we know it. When you turned 75, the Vietnam War finally ends, during which 4 million people died. Imagine being born in 1900. How did they live through all of that? When you're a kid in 1985, or 1995, or 2005 and you didn't think your grandparents understood how tough life was at school for you, please remember, your great grandparents and your grandparents were called to endure all of the above. Today you're called to stay at home, watch Netflix, Amazon Prime, overeat, And sit on your couch in the freedom of your own home. Let's keep things in perspective and be grateful for the liberties, the peace, and the freedom that we have in the year 2020.
0: Well, I found that to be very inspirational, and I want to thank Frank for sending that to me. And I wanted to give you that little perspective to think about history and the things that people before us have walked through. So we're in this unique time that we're living through, but in many ways, it's not a unique time. It's very normal of what people have gone through. And so I just felt that was so helpful. Uh, We looked last week at what Ecclesiastes says. Ecclesiastes 1.9 says, What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again there is nothing new under the sun let me read that to you one more time it's such an incredible verse it gives me so much comfort to sort of see how the whole uh picture of things works what has been will be again what has been done will be done again there is nothing new under the sun well listen i think that's really helpful to me when i think about you know what i go through and what you go through and what we're all going through right now, it really helps me to get that in perspective that that people before me have gone through really hard times, and they've they've gotten through that, and we're going to get through this time as well. Well, let's talk about some other things about tough times. Now, here's something really interesting about tough times. Tough times really make us appreciate good times. Tough times make us appreciate good times. So I don't think you can really appreciate uh, good times until you've had to go through some tough times. So, you know, one of the upsides of bad times is that bad times make good times sweeter. One of the upsides, let me say that again, one of the upsides of bad times is that bad times make good times sweeter. Uh, Karen and I were in Marshall's the other day shopping, and uh, actually, I've told you many times, you know, my deal is when I shop with Karen, I go shopping with Karen, is I take a book I love to read, and so I just take a book or my iPad, and I just let her shop as long as she wants to, and I find a chair and sit down, and I take some time to read, and I just love to read and just kind of watch people as they're walking around and read the book I'm reading. And so we were in Marshalls. It was on a Friday, day, a, Friday and, uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, I'm sitting there. Uh, you know, they didn't have any chairs up front. They used to have chairs up front. So I went back to the furniture section, and it was sort of on a raised level. I found a nice chair and sort of sat down. If a salesman stopped me, I was going to just say I was checking it out. Maybe I was going to buy it. But I was sitting in this really neat chair, really comfortable chair. And as I was sitting there, there was this wonderful young family that walked by. They, had, uh, they were young, probably in their 30s and uh, uh, late 20s or early 30s, and they had two little kids running around, and I'm sitting there reading my John Grisham novel, and as I'm reading my book, uh, they turn and look at me, and I kind of see them looking at me, and they said, hey, are you Pastor Danny? I said, well, sure, I'm Pastor Danny, and they said, we thought you were Pastor Danny. They said, we go to the Fenwick Island campus, and we've always heard you talk about how you go shopping with your wife and you sit and read. So we thought that must be you. They used to go to the Rehoboth campus and then we opened the Fenwick Island campus. This wonderful young family uh, went to that campus, uh, the Fenwick Island campus, because it was closer. And they were telling me how much they loved uh, and, and loved the Children's Ministry at Fenwick Island and Sam and Lucy. So great job Sam and Lucy at Fenwick Island. Well, you know, they were talking to me and they said, you know, today is our first day out from being quarantined. They had had uh, COVID-19 and they just uh, hap- they were having the best time. I could just tell they're going around the store. They're taking their time. They're not trying to get out of there. They're just really, really taking their time enjoying Marshalls. And uh, they said, we are so glad to be out and away from being quarantined. And if you've had COVID, anybody that, that's listening to me and you've had COVID and you've been quarantined for the 14 days, it seems like 14 years, doesn't it? and they were out and they were having the best time just at Marshalls. You know when you've been uh, quarantined with two little kids for 14 days and you can't leave your house, you can't go anywhere, you can't see your friends, going to Marshalls is like going to Disney World and they were just having the best time. And I was thinking about that, how that many times that uh, bad times, tough times really make you appreciate the good times more. I know when uh, Karen and I, we had COVID and we were quarantined, couldn't go anywhere, we felt bad, we happened to have some symptoms with our COVID and we couldn't go anywhere for you know two and a half weeks or whatever it was. And when we finally got better and got the go ahead that quarantine was over, and we were able to go to the grocery store and we were able to go out and see real people to go back to the land of the living, it was absolutely amazing. And I think that many times, The upside to bad times is that bad times make good times sweeter. And that's an incredible thing. And you know, when I think about what we're going through right now, when we're going through, you know, kind of being secluded and the difficulties and the challenges that we're going through, I can tell you one of the upsides is when we come through this, I'm telling you what, the grass is going to be greener, the sun is going to be brighter, the friendships are going to be deeper because we are able to re-enter the good times. So bad times help us to appreciate the good times more. What an incredible principle. And uh, I'm just here to tell you that one of the things I'm doing in 2021 is that I'm really, really enjoying the little things. You know, Since we got over COVID and we were able to go out and I'm able to play tennis at the gym and see my friends, I'm able to go shopping, I'm able to walk and I'm able to do different things and able to interact with people and see my family again. It's just, I am just so appreciative of the good things because trouble and tough times make you really, really, really enjoy the, the good times. And uh, that's incredible you know you know right now you know it's kind of cold out you know every morning I get up early and go out and start my truck before I go to the gym to work out and uh, or go to the tennis club to work out and and uh, and so I start the truck and it is so cold you know the thing good thing about people that live in the Northeast you know when it's so cold you know it seems like nature Uh, really does a serious deal trying to kill us in the wintertime. It is so cold. And I go out there it's like quarter to six in the morning and my truck is covered with frost and I'm just kind of shivering and I go in and start my truck to get it going. And the good thing about living in the Northeast is that when you uh, go through the winter, when the spring finally comes and you get to Easter and the grass begins to grow again and the sun uh, is up and the days are longer, it really makes You appreciate the the spring and the summer because the winter has a way of making you appreciate the summer. And I think that's the downside of living in Florida. You know, I'm sorry if you're from Florida. And maybe we have people that listen to us from Florida. I think that's the downside of living in Orlando or Jacksonville or Miami Beach. You live down there and it's sunny all the time. And when the spring and summer comes, it's no big deal. But the Bible says that that when our heart has been, uh, our heart has had our desires thwarted, when those desires are fulfilled, it's sweet to our soul, what the book of Proverbs says. So listen to me. This is a very important principle about tough times. When you're going through tough times, the Bible says in Psalm 30, verse 6, weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. So tough times make the good times sweeter. Would you say it with me? Uh, There at your home, uh, there in your car, wherever you're listening, uh, and in any context, just saying tough times make good times sweeter. And that's one of our first principles here this morning as we talk about that. Now, there's another thing about tough times. Here's what tough times make us uh, feel like sometimes. Tough times make us feel like that God has abandoned us. Tough times make us feel like god has abandoned us and we begin to think where is the lord when things are so hard and they're so difficult the question that we all have is we begin to say god where are you have you ever been going through a tough time and you're praying and you're praying and you're praying and it doesn't seem to be getting through and you don't feel that god is even hearing what you're saying that's something that happens to all of us when we go through tough times I remember uh, hearing the story about my granddaughter, Willow. She's my oldest granddaughter. She's 11 years old now, and she's such a delight to my heart, and I just love her so much as I do all my grandkids. And when Willow was a little girl, she was just a little thing, maybe three years old, two and a half, three years old. She was just beginning to talk. And, and uh, she was in her crib one night, and, and her parents had this uh, you know, this uh, monitoring system where you can see her in the crib and you can hear what's going on. And they're laying in bed, and they could hear Willow talking in the crib. And, and she was calling for them, wanting them to come. And she was saying, Mommy, Daddy, Mommy. Daddy, Mommy, Daddy, and they're laying in bed. They didn't want to get up. They were just wiped out. I I know some parents, you can relate to that. And, And so she's just saying, Mommy, Daddy, Mommy, Daddy. And then they heard her say, Nobody not coming. Nobody not coming. I love that story because it reminds me of how we feel when we're going through a hard time. It reminds me that we sometimes feel like we're calling out to God. We need him to come. We need him to help us. We need him to rescue us, and we feel like he's abandoned us. That's what tough times do to us sometimes mentally and spiritually and emotionally. We begin to feel like God doesn't hear us. Psalm 22 which Jesus said on the cross when he was on the cross. Psalm 22 is written by, we believe, King David at some low nadir point in his life. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Day and night I cry out, but you seem not to respond. So we get that. We understand that. We feel that. I love the story in the Gospel of Mark where, the disciples are in the boat. Uh, and they're constantly in the boat with Jesus in the, on the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus had been ministering and, and, and helping people and healing people and teaching for hours. And the disciples were there sitting with him And the bright sun as it was coming down on the, uh, on, on the east side of the Sea of Galilee. And they got in that boat. And, and Jesus goes to the back of the boat. He goes to the stern. And, he's, and he's and you know, the kind of the waves are kind of like lapping up against the boat. And Jesus falls asleep in the back of the boat. And while he's asleep, there's a storm that comes up that comes all around them. And it's a ferocious storm. And the Bible says that the disciples are filled with fear. They're filled with fear. They're fishermen, many of them. And they know all about that lake. Uh, But this is a really, really significant storm. And they run to Jesus, and they see Jesus asleep. And what do they say to Jesus? They say, Jesus, don't you care? Don't you care if we drown? Have you ever wondered when you're going through a tough time if God cares? Does God care for me? Does he he love me? Does he hear me? Does he know what I'm going through? Is he tuned in? Can he hear what I'm saying? And we feel like the disciples, Lord, don't you care that we're about to drown? Tough times make us question God many times. And we wonder if he really hears and he knows us. But here's what we need to remember. You know pilots, when pilots fly airplanes, uh, one of the things that can happen to a pilot as he's up there in the sky and everything's blue around him, a pilot can experience vertigo. And vertigo is when you can't tell which, which way is up or which way is down. And the pilot may feel like he's flying sideways, Or maybe even that the plane is flipped over and he's flying upside down. He may feel like he's upside down, but he has to look at the instruments. And the instruments will tell him if he's upside down or if he's sideways or if he's flying right side up. You know, when you are going through life, you can experience vertigo. You can feel like God doesn't love you. You can feel like you're alone. You can feel like you're abandoned. You can feel like you're left alone. And and you can absolutely feel like you're on your own in a tough time. But listen, you've got to look at the instruments. Uh, You may feel your feelings are unreliable. Your feelings are not something you can bank on. Your feelings can be wrong. You can feel something, and you can believe something that's not true. You know, for years people used to believe that the world was flat, and, or they believed in what's called uh, a geocentric view of the universe, that the, that the, uh, the earth was the center of the universe, and the sun went around the earth, and they believed that with all their heart, but they were wrong. And we can believe something We can believe that God's not with us, we can believe that God doesn't love us, we can really think that in a tough time, but we'll be absolutely wrong. So just remember this, feelings are not the guarantee of what reality really is. Let me read a couple scriptures to you out of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy is a time where uh, God was encouraging the people of Israel. They were going through a transition. Uh, Deuteronomy, I believe it's Deuteronomy chapter 31, if I've got it right. Deuteronomy 31, verse 6. We're going to put it on the screen here. And uh, here's what's going on in Deuteronomy 31. Deuteronomy 31 is Moses is, is 120 years old. And Moses is coming to the end of his ministry. He's coming to the end of his tenure, and he's not going to be able to continue anymore. And so he's in, a, he's, in a, uh, he's in a decline, and there's going to be a transfer of leadership to Joshua. And the people are just, you know, they've had Moses all these years. You know, Moses was the one that brought the Ten Commandments down from the mountain. Uh, Moses was the one that led him through the Red Sea. Moses, like, is their guy, And Moses is 120, and so he's talking to the people, all the people of Israel, and he says to them in verse 6 of Deuteronomy 31, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified. Hey, have you ever been afraid or terrified? I think a lot of us have experienced that in 2020 and uh, even in the beginning of 2021. Be strong and courageous. Do not be a, afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He will, it doesn't say he will most of the time be with you. He doesn't say, you know, you, you know there's a good chance I'll be with you. There is this, this is the 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 quantitative uh, message of the Lord to us, he will never leave us. He will never leave you. He will never leave me. He will never leave Bashar. He will never leave people that love him and are walking with him. He will never leave you. Doesn't matter what you feel. Maybe you feel during the tough time that God's not with you, but he is with you because when you look at Deuteronomy 31.6, You're looking at the instruments. You're not not listening to your emotions. You're not thinking about your your emotional or your spiritual vertigo where you can't tell what side is up and what side is down, but you're encouraged by that. Be strong and courageous. And here's the word of the Lord to us this weekend. The Lord's going to make you strong. He's going to make me strong. He's going to give you courage. You're not going to go through 2021 Filled with fear and apprehension. But you're going to walk through 2021 with courage and faith because he is with you. I'm going to walk through 2021 with courage and faith. Why? Because the Lord is with me. And he'll never leave me and he'll never forsake me. And he'll never leave you nor forsake you. And I want to go down to verse 7. Now this is God, uh, uh, Moses speaking uh, to, to the people. Now he summons Joshua, the new leader. And then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all of Israel, be strong and courageous for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them and you must divide it among them as their inheritance. And God is saying to Joshua, Joshua, You're going to go with the people. You have a mission. You have a destiny. Joshua's probably shaking in his boots. He's afraid because, you know, he's following Moses. You know, that's a pretty big deal. And then the next verse says this is the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. And this, he says this, he will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. So God said to the people, don't, be afraid, he'll never leave you or forsake you. And then he said to the new leader, to Joshua, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. So sometimes when we feel, uh, when we're going through a tough time, we have this, this sense of being abandoned. We have this sense of God not being with us, but he is with us. Now let me just give you the last point today, of the last point of today's message, is that the hard times are times when God does his greatest work. Hard times or tough times are when God does his greatest work. Now, I just want you to think about that. It's the dark times, the dark times that God is working. God works his greatest work in tough times. You know, uh, we always think, you know, when things are good and everything, boy, God is just moving and great things are happening. But the reality is, it's the tough times, it's the hard time when God is really working. And uh, there's a great verse in the book of Nahum. Nahum verse 1, verse 3. Nahum is a, a little minor prophet book. Nahum verse 3 says, The Lord is slow to anger but great in power. Aren't you grateful for that? I am. The Lord will not leave the guilty unpunished. His way is in the whirlwind and the storm, and the clouds are the dust of his feet. God moves in the whirlwind. God moves in the storm." God is active, his way is in the whirlwind and the storm. So when we're in a whirlwind and we're in a storm and we're going through a tough time, God is moving. God is moving. And so ironically, we think when things are bad and things are awful, where is God? And yet God is more active in that time than ever before. In the Old Testament, there's a great little book called the Book of Ruth, and it's about this woman by the name of Naomi Uh, And there's another lady in the book called Ruth, which the book is named after, but there's this woman named Naomi, and she's a Jewish woman, and she's married to uh, this guy named Elimelech, and they have two sons, and there's famine in the land of Judah. So they move to this other country, not too far away, called Moab. And when they go to Moab, uh, Naomi, and Naomi's name means pleasant, means pleasant. I mean, she's, she's had a good life. She's had a good life in uh, Judah, and all of a sudden it says it's the time of the judges, and the time of judges mean that there's just chaos, the political chaos in the land. Uh, If you read the book of Judges, you just see, you know, if there's anything that describes the book of Judges, it's it's the concept of instability. And so Judges is, you know, that time. And that's when Naomi... Uh, and her husband, Elimelech, they come to this land called Moab. And they come there because there's a famine. So there's famine. And then when they get there, after a while, her husband dies. So she's had a famine. Now she has, uh, now she has a loss of her husband. Then her two sons get married to these Moabite women, uh, Ruth and uh, uh, Orpah. And they get married. And then after a while, her sons die. So she's had famine. She's lost her husband. And now she's lost her two sons. And finally, she comes back to the land of Judah. And Ruth comes with her. And as she comes into the land, the people the people greet her. And they say, Naomi, Naomi. And remember, Naomi means, uh, means pleasant. It means full. It means abundance. And she says, don't call me. Don't call me Naomi. Don't call me pleasant. Don't call me full. Call me Mara, which means bitter. My life has been bitter. And the Lord, the Lord has been harsh with me. Now, she's got that all wrong. She thinks that her hard time is caused by the Lord, that the Lord doesn't love her, and the Lord's mad at her. And She's absolutely wrong about that. But she becomes bitter. She's in a bitter place, and you know, bitter places can make you bitter. And she says, call me Mara, which means bitter, because the Lord has let me go through some bitter times. And so she's, she's that's where she is. I don't know if you've gotten bitter during COVID or, you know, the, the hassles of your life. I, I have a good friend that... I play tennis with and he's such a wonderful friend but uh, I mean he's so bitter about COVID and he gets you know really angry about it and just uh, can just kind of go off on the whole thing about COVID and wearing the mask and the government and all this and he just kind of like you know it can be very profane because he's so bitter and so angry and many many people feel that and people are trying to cope with what they're going through but let me tell you something God God works during difficult times god does his greatest work in darkness when things are times of suffering now the book of ruth is about this this woman naomi and she brings her daughter-in-law ruth with her and ruth is this uh you know you know is is this wonderful moabite woman woman that's there to serve her mother-in-law naomi and so she comes to the land of judah long story short she meets this rich farmer named boaz which happens to be a part of the family, and Ruth and Boaz get married. And remember, they've gone through all these hard times, and Naomi's been through the famine and the widowhood and her loss of her, her sons, and now Ruth, is, Ruth has lost her husband, and she's in the new land, and it looks like God has forsaken them. But God is moving. God is moving in this time of difficulty. Because Ruth gets married, and she marries Boaz, and there's an interesting story about that, I could tell you, but we don't have time for that. But Boaz and Ruth get married, and they, they have a baby. They have a baby, and it's a little boy. That's before sonograms. They didn't know if it was going to be a boy, didn't know if it was going to be a girl, just happened to be a boy. And they named him Obed, which means worshiper. And this little boy is going to be a worshiper. I have a great picture of my grandson, uh, Jack, uh, this is Jack Pierce. Here's a picture of him wor- worshiping at one of our, uh, uh, at one of our uh, online services. And uh, my son, Tim, took a picture of that. And Jack's such a sweet boy, and he loves Jesus. And this little boy, Obed, this little boy, Obed, is going to be a worshiper. He's going to grow up to love Jesus. And they take the baby, Ruth and her new husband, Boaz. And remember Naomi, the bitter woman that used to be a pleasant woman, now she's bitter. And they take the baby. They take Obed, that little boy, and they put that baby in Naomi's arms. She's been through so much bitterness, so much darkness, so much sorrow, so much pain. And she's holding in her hands a little pink, wiggly baby boy named Obed that's going to grow up to love Jesus and worship Jesus and worship the Lord and worship Yahweh and the King of Israel. And she, she holds this little baby And she does not know that in her arm she is holding the great-grandfather of King David." the great-grandfather of King David, because Obed grows up, and he loves God. He's a worshiper, and he has a son named Jesse, and Jesse has eight sons, and the last son he has is a little boy named David, and David becomes the king of Israel, and David has the line through which Jesus comes into this world. You can read about it in Matthew in the genealogy. And little did Naomi know that the trouble she was going through that the pain she was going through, God was doing His greatest work in that hard time. He was putting in line the the, the lineage of the family that would bring Jesus into this world to save us. And you know, Naomi wasn't uh, you know wasn't even he, you know it was it was not all the stuff she went through and meeting those Moabite girls and losing her sons and losing her husband. All of that got her to the place where she brought this Gentile woman back to the land of Judah, where she would meet Boaz, and they would get married, and they'd have Obed, and then Obed would have uh, Jesse, and then Jesse would end up having David. God does his greatest work in times of darkness. God does his greatest work in tough times. You say, Pastor Danny, what is God doing in 2021? What is God doing in this season of suffering? What is God doing? I'm not sure I know what he's doing, but I can tell you, his way is in the world within the storm, and the clouds are the dust of his feet. God is moving in the storm, and God is doing his greatest work in this time of darkness. You think about that principle that God always does his greatest work in times of darkness. Remember, when Jesus was on the cross, he was put on the cross about 9 o'clock in the morning until about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Jesus was on the cross for six hours, dying for the sins of mankind, dying for the sins of every man that's lived through history, every woman that's lived through history, every person that's alive now, the six billion, seven billion people on this planet. Jesus died for all of those people, and he was on the cross for six hours. And the Bible says at noon, uh, at the at the at the tw- uh, at noon that darkness covered the whole area of Jerusalem and that cross where Jesus was was enshrouded in darkness and in darkness in the darkness was when God was doing his greatest work and he's doing his greatest work on you as well Maybe you're going through a time of suffering, and maybe you're in a time of darkness right now. But let me tell you something. This time of darkness, God is doing his greatest work in you. Uh, uh, C.S. Lewis said, uh, God whispers to us in our pleasure, but he shouts to us in our pain. God is using this time of suffering to do something amazing in you, to do something amazing in me, and to make us men and women of God that serve and love the living God. He's at work in you. They say that when a pearl is made, a pearl is, was, is created by a, a grain of sand that gets in an oyster and, and injures the membrane of that oyster. And it's a, it's a wound in the oyster, and the, the, the chemical process around that wound forms layer after layer after layer until that wound becomes a pearl. And God is using the time of pain for all of us to do his greatest work. And I'm so thrilled as I think about God's big story. And when I read the book of Ruth, and I hope you'll take time to read it today, maybe sit down and read it, and just it's only four chapters to read that story about the suffering and the pain, and, and they couldn't even see what was going on, but God was doing an amazing thing in that time that was very tough for them. And that tough time produced something really great. God loves you. He hasn't forsaken you. He hasn't left you. He hasn't abandoned you. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Maybe during COVID, you're in your house. You're there uh, all by yourself, and you feel alone. You feel isolated. Let me tell you something. You are not alone. You're never alone because he's with you, and he always has a purpose for you. I love you and care about you. Uh, Our staff here at Bayshore, the whole staff, we love and care about you and we believe in you. We believe God's got something great for you. Would you join me in prayer right now, regardless of where you are? Would you just stop what you're doing and just let the Holy Spirit minister to you as we begin to pray? Bow your heads with me right now. Lord, we want to thank you that you do your greatest work during tough times. The tough times are when you're producing your masterpieces. That in the darkness is when you do your greatest work When we're in pain, you are not inactive, but you're more active than you ever are before. We thank you that you are working all things out for our good, and we know that all things work together for good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. We pray that this week you'll fill everyone listening with courage, with strength, and tenacity, and that they will not quit, they will not give up, but they'll stand firm in you because you're with them. Give them courage, we pray, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Hey, listen, let me know where you're listening from. Make sure you share this. Share this program with other people. Uh, Just let's share it uh, throughout Facebook, throughout YouTube, wherever you do your social media stuff. Just get the word out so people can be encouraged that tough times don't last, but tough people do. I'll see you next
1: week. God bless you.
0: Thank you so much for joining us on the Bayshore Podcast. I want to encourage you to take this message you just received and allow it to go deep into your soul and let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thanks to everyone that gives generously to Bayshore. It's because of you that this ministry is possible, creating life change all over the world. You can be a part of spreading the message around the world by going to bayshore.online and clicking give. For all things Bayshore, visit bayshore.online to find out what your next step may be.
1: You can subscribe right here and share this podcast with your friends and family. Thank you again for listening. God bless you.